Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. It's May 29th. This is the Sunday edition of CNN Five Things. I'm David Rind. Lexi Rubio was 10 years old. Her parents told CNN that she was going to be an all-star in softball. Eliana Garcia was nine. Tess Mata was 10. Her sister told the Washington Post that she loved TikTok and the Houston Astros. Isaiah Garcia was also 10. His uncle said he was full of life and loved anything with wheels. Ava Morales was a teacher, a job she had held for 17 years. These are just some of the names of those killed at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas, in the second deadliest school shooting in U.S. history. But there are so, so many more. At least 19 children and two teachers. How would you describe her? She's full of love and full of life. And she would do anything for anybody. She was so sweet. She was the sweetest little girl who did nothing wrong. I'm a cop. I'm a deputy here in Uvalde County. This is enough. This is enough. No one else needs to go through this. We never needed to go through this, but we are. I keep coming back to one central idea, that this is a uniquely American problem. No other nation on this earth has more mass shootings every year. No nation has a higher firearm homicide rate. The number of civilian guns in this country is higher than the number of people in this country. Just think about that for a second. More civilian guns than people. And perhaps no state in the U.S. illustrates this issue quite like Texas. Misty and Paul Jamrowski's son-in-law, Andrian Chando, and their daughter, Jordan, were two of 22 people killed by a suspected terrorist at an El Paso Walmart. Officials say that nine students and one teacher are dead after 17-year-old Demetrios Pagorchis allegedly walked into an art class at Santa Fe High School in Galveston County, Texas, and opened fire. El Paso, Sutherland Springs, Odessa, Santa Fe High School, another school shooting all sites of deadly attacks in the state within just the last five years. And so, as conversations around mental health and school safety will surely and rightly continue, today, I want to dig into how the laws in Texas and in this country could make an attack like this possible, and whether, despite years of evidence to the contrary, those laws could change in the aftermath. Let's spend five minutes with CNN's Nick Watt. He's been covering this from Los Angeles. Nick, I really want to understand what it takes to legally buy a gun in this country and, you know, how simple that can be in some cases. Like, what steps did authorities say this suspect had to take to buy a weapon? Well, I mean, the short answer is very few. Um, you know, when I told a friend I was doing a story about Texas gun laws this week, they they joked, well, that's a short story. I mean, the fact is, it's a short story most places in this country. This is basically the process. This Uvalde shooter, he turned 18, the legal age you can buy a long rifle under federal law. Um, and the day after his birthday, he went to a licensed gun store and bought an assault rifle. That's all completely legal. All you've got to do is pass a background check. And 
that, that's really just a data check. It's not like an in-depth evaluation. No one's looking at, you know, an 18-year-old kid and, you know, wondering why he would need a weapon like this. Right. And, and so what does one of these background checks actually look like? So, I mean, you fill out a form, it's basically like criminal history, mental health issues, you know, uh, drug use, military service, you give your social security number, and the person who's selling you the gun then contacts the National Instant Criminal Background Check System, and the clue is in the name, Instant. So it's a quick search through a few national databases, and if there are no red flags, then you walk out of that store with basically, you know, a weapon of war. And those databases are really only as good as the data that's entered into them. And there are, of course, you know, mistakes and omissions. And, you know, how many people does this system, you know, stop from buying a gun? I mean, not many. I, I was just checking um, the FBI data before I came on and 300 million checks since 1998, one and a half million refusals. So, you know, that's like 0.5%. And the other thing is there's also this gigantic loophole. You do not need a background check if you buy a gun at a gun show or from an unlicensed dealer. So oh. the background check's really a hurdle, but it's one that's very, very easy just to kind of walk around. But, you know, these background checks are what people are really wanting to be universal. And right now they are not universal. And if something is not universal, people can get around it. Right. And you mentioned red flags. We've heard about these red flag laws after so many of these shootings, and we've, we've heard certainly a, a decent amount of concerning behavior that this suspect allegedly exhibited before buying the gun and carrying out, you know, this attack. Do they factor in at all in, in Texas? Where, where do we stand on that? No, no, there are no red flag laws in Texas. I mean, what, what these laws basically mean is that, you know, authorities can temporarily take guns away from someone deemed a danger to themselves or to other people. And right now there are red flag laws in I think it's 19 states, but not in Texas. And hmm. they basically formalize strangely what I went through with a family member just a few years ago who had mental health issues, had guns in the house. We all decided that he shouldn't have guns in the house and we gave them to the police. This kind of formalizes, legalizes that process gives it some teeth. It is absolutely wrong. In fact, it is insane. The governor talks about mental health. It is insane that we allow an 18-year-old to go in and buy an AR-15. What the hell did we think he was going to do with that? And, you know, they are appealing because it's not taking guns away from everybody. It's just taking guns away from people who might actually use them to harm themselves or other people. And interestingly, the uh, shooter in Uvalde, um, his grandfather said that he didn't know that his grandson had guns, but if he did, he would have reported them. His weapons legally purchased just days before. May 17th, he bought a rifle at a sporting goods store. The next day, 375 rounds of ammunition. And on May 20th, another rifle from the same store. It was there is now a push to have more states introduce these laws. It's unlikely that we'll ever see it on a federal level, I would say. And also unlikely we'd ever see it in Texas. You know, Governor Greg Abbott down there, he's actually been rolling back gun restrictions in the past few years, big Second Amendment guy. Permitless carry or constitutional carry called by some, people can now carry handguns in public without any kind of license or training. And, you know, since that shooting uh, in Uvalde, he really hasn't looked like he's wavering at all. 
Right. He mentioned that, you know, how many decades 18 year olds have been allowed to buy um, weapons like this. And I think that's my next question is, I think a lot of people were shocked to learn that an 18 year old, not old enough to drink, but can buy an AR-15 in Texas. How does that stack up with other states in terms of having access to this weapon that can cause so much horrific damage? Well, I mean, it's the same in most states. Um, you know, we saw that white supremacist, that 18 year old in Buffalo, New York, went up and, you know, shot up in a predominantly black area of town. You know, he also had a legally purchased uh, semi automatic weapon. I mean, here in California, where I am, they've tried to make it different. Back in 2019, they upped the age to 21. Uh, you had to be 21 to buy a long rifle. But that was actually thrown out by a panel of judges just a couple of weeks ago. And I'm just going to read you for a second what one of those judges wrote in the ruling. He wrote this, America would not exist without the heroism of the young adults who fought and died in our revolutionary army. Today, we reaffirm that our constitution still protects the right that enabled their sacrifice, the right of young adults to keep and bear arms. So basically what he's saying is that today an 18-year-old can buy a semi-automatic weapon here in California in part because teenage soldiers carrying single-shot muskets were killed in a war more than 200 years ago. And we, we see that a lot in this whole gun debate. The pro-gun lobby clings dogmatically to laws and norms from centuries ago when we're talking about legislation for today. Yeah, I was going to say they didn't have AR-15s at the Battle of Bunker Hill. Yeah, exactly. So, and you know, we ask this every time something like this happens, what can be done about it? Is there any federal legislation that Congress can pass that would address even some of these issues? I mean, basically, it is entirely up to the Republicans. I mean, on the Democratic side, from the White House to Congress to state legislatures, you know, there's a will and votes to make at least some change. You know, we thought after Sandy Hook in 2012, there would be meaningful change, and there wasn't. Um, You know, what we've seen since Uvalde mirrors what we've seen after pretty much every shooting in the past. Republicans talk about mental health. They talk about more guns being the solution, arming more good guys. And it's been interesting to watch, in particular, you know, Texas Senator Ted Cruz in Uvalde this week. Is this the moment to reform gun laws? You know, it's, it's easy to go to politics. But it's important. It's at the heart of the issue. I, I, I get he was confronted by an old friend of mine, a reporter from Sky News, Mark Stone. If you want to stop violent crime, the proposals the Democrats have, none of them would have stopped this. But why does this only happen in your country? I really think that's what many people around the world just, they cannot fathom. Who, you know, pushed him on why this only happens in America, not in other countries. And Cruz got angry and called Mark a propagandist. But you can't answer that. You can't answer that, can you say? You can't answer that. Why is this Why is it that people come from all over the world to America? Because it's the freest, most prosperous, safest country on Earth. It may be the freest, it may be the most popular. Why are our kids dying in So, you know, what we're probably going to see is the thoughts and prayers stuff, a bit of back and forth. Um, you know, a bit of, oh, we should do something, but then nothing will change, you know, and the 19 kids who died in Uvalde will you know, fade from our collective memory. We'll go through the same thing all over again sometime in the future. It could be next week, could be next month, you know, with different kids in a different classroom. Maybe I'm being too pessimistic, but it's hard you know, not to be when we've seen all this before, you know, just over and over. There's some talk. 
there's divide, and then nothing happens. Right, and the data would certainly back that up, that this will happen yep. at some point in the near future. Meanwhile, President Joe Biden and First Lady Jill Biden are scheduled to be on the ground in Uvalde today. Nick Watt, thanks so much. Thank you. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Here's something else happening this week. I know it's been a really tough last few days, so here's something a little lighter you can look forward to this week. Tuesday is the start of the Scripps National Spelling Bee. 234 students will compete in this year's contests. You might remember last year, Zaila Avant-Garde became the first African-American Bee winner. We'll see who is crowned the C-H-A-M-P on Thursday. The Sunday edition of CNN Five Things is produced by Paolo Ortiz and me, David Rind. Our production manager is Matt Dempsey. Our senior producer is Mohamed Darwish. Our supervising producer is Greg Peppers. And the executive producer of CNN Audio is Megan Marcus. Have a nice week. I'll talk to you later. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.